Mad Monster Party. Mad Monster Party. Starring Boris Karloff and, in order of their appearance, Dracula. Frankenstein. The Werewolf. The Hunchback. The Mummy. Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> and, in order of his disappearance, The Invisible Man. Also starring Phyllis Diller as the hostess with the least. <laughs> Mad Monster Party! It's a mummy! They're playing your song, honey. Let's dance. <laughs> it's a come-as-you-are party that's out of this world. You don't get invited. You get committed. <laughs> It's a psychedelic scary. With the grooviest ghouls of all time. Mad Monster Party! Punch, anyone? It's a blast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Film and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and with me for this, another Halloween-themed episode of the show, is my pal, Chris Franklin. Chris, thank you for doing the Film and Water Podcast again. Oh, I'm glad to be back, and and uh, I'm glad you didn't chase me off for gushing about Superman the movie too much. <laughs> I, why would I do that? I mean, good Lord. I mean, I, you know, I, I yeah. Uh, you're not going to get upset for anybody uh, gushing about Superman the movie. So, uh, yeah, like I said, this is another uh, Halloween-themed episode, which means we are talking about one of Chris's and my favorite – it's not a horror movie, although it's got <laughs> monsters in it uh, – favorite kids' movies, favorite movies, period. This is the Rankin and Bass film Mad Monster Party from 1967, and it is pretty much what it sounds like if you have never heard of it. Uh, it features Dr. Frankenstein, voiced by Boris Karloff, no less, uh, and he decides to retire. He doesn't want to be king of the monsters anymore, so he throws a party, <laughs> hence the title, and he decides he's going to name his successor, uh, so he invites all of the monsters to come to his party, as well as his nephew, Felix, who's this kind of nerdy kid, and all the monsters show up. And in this film, you've got all done in that stop-motion Rankin-Bass style. Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Invisible Man, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, although he isn't called that exactly, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, a Peter Lorre type. Uh, and who's the other one I'm missing? Who's the other monster? Uh, well, you get... Oh, Quasimodo. Yes. You got Quasimodo. Oh, yeah. Quasimodo, yeah. yeah. And plus, there is, as I said, there is It, the monster known as It, who they do not get into who it is until later on, and we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, but yeah, Mid Monster Party, it is a, unlike the other Rankin-Bass specials that people are familiar with, the Christmas ones that were TV specials, this was a, a movie. This was mm -hmm. a big screen movie. It's 95 minutes long. I cannot imagine how long it took to make this thing. Uh, <laughs> moving, moving all those little puppets, one little thing at a time. Um, say, Chris and I just love this movie. Chris, like, What's your backstory of it? When did you discover it, and why do you love it so much? Well, it's it's a, it's really strange. I grew up 
watching the Rankin Bass TV specials, which I think we all did that are that are around our age. And of course, now they show them ad nauseum on the ABC. Well, I shouldn't say ad nauseum; you don't get sick of them, but they show them nonstop on uh, like ABC Family at Christmas time. But uh, you know, I, I, I think I've seen all of them up to that point, and probably about the time they were winding down with those uh, in the mid '80s, I was like, you know, '86 or '7 or something like that. When I was like 11 or 12 years old, I remember coming home from a friend's house, turning the TV on, and they were ranking bass monsters on my TV. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Uh-huh. I had never seen it. And I'm like, you know, like getting the TV, getting the TV guide out, you know, there's a flashback for you. Getting it's finding the TV guide and it's like, you know, mad monster party. And it's, you know, and I'm like, when did this happen? You know, it's like, yep. why, why wasn't this been on every Halloween since yep. I was born, yep. you know? Yep. So that that's my background with it, and then it took several years for me to uh, to see it again because it just didn't get aired very often. I don't know if it's because of the length of it or or what, but it just wasn't it wasn't on as much as the uh, the Christmas specials. Yeah, I had virtually the same experience. I did, I'd never heard of this film until I uh, was in my twenties and I was working at a video store, and they had a copy of it, and it had this really bright blue box. Uh, this is the days of VHS tapes for, for, the, for the, the back in the Paleozoic era, and I, I remember like I was looking at it, you know, just like ab- absentmindedly picked it up one day because I'm like, Monst- you know, monsters, what's this? And then I was like, wait, wait, what? There's a Rankin ba- wait, what is this? Because it was like I love the Rankin Bass things. Uh, look, they're kind of like the Muppets to me, where like no matter what age you are in life, you don't you don't kind of age out of them. You know what I mean? Like, even when I was, like, 16 or 17, which is, like, the epitome of, like, I like things dark and gritty and blah, blah, blah. You still, you you know what I mean? Like, you still really like the Rankin-Bass specials. Like, to me, they just don't, you never age out of them. And so I've always loved them. And the idea that there was a Rankin-Bass thing with monsters was, I was like, yeah, I had the same reaction. I was just like, wait a minute, what is this thing? And I took it, I think I took it home like that night and I just fell in love with it. I was like, I can't believe it. And it's not, I mean, not only is it Rankin Bass full length with monsters, it's all the monsters. I mean, yeah. I forgot to mention the mummy. The mummy's in this too. I mean, this is. How can you forget the mummy? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the universal monster movie we never got to see. Yeah. I mean, like, they, they never did one of these where they just piled everybody in. And it's like, in some ways, it's. Just as valid a monster movie as some of the later crappy Universal films are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, it's got it's got gags and stuff, and it's puppets. And the other character we didn't mention is uh, there is uh, the bride. Of, she's not called the Frankenstein. She's not called the Bride of Frankenstein, but she's merely the, the monster's bride, played yeah. by played by Phyllis Diller. <laughs> so you can imagine what those jokes are like. And then there's another character, which is Dr. Frankenstein's assistant, and the red-haired, voluptuous Frances- yeah. Francesca, played by Gail Garnett, who sounds so much like Kathleen Turner that it took me a couple of tries, like, looking it up. Because, again, this is the days before the internet, let alone IMDb. I was sure that that was Kathleen Turner. Even though, even though it was 1967, I was like, I, it can't be Kathleen Turner. She was like a teenager back then. But it sounds so much like her that I couldn't yeah. believe it. And, you know, I, I, you know what, Chris? I'm going to go ahead and say it because I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> but – and I'm going to – you know, it's it, you know, it's like Shag is here. I feel weird about saying this because it's a puppet. But Francesca is hot. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> I mean, 
just she for for animatronic puppet, she's got it going on. And uh, of course, uh, when she meets up with Felix, the the nerdy nephew of Doctor Frankenstein, he, she he, he she wants to kill Felix because yeah. she wants to be queen. She wants to be coined uh, the head of the monsters, and she doesn't like that this young kid is going to come in and steal her title. She eventually falls in love with Felix because she realizes that he's very sweet and he's very nice, and he falls in love with her instantly too because he's got eyes uh, that work <laughs> and. They have to fight off these attacks from all the monsters because the monster good Dracula wants to be named the head of the monsters as well. So there's all these back and forth, and there's a there's a, a whole chase scene in a jungle where Francesco gets eaten by like a a, a Venus flytrap. Uh, I mean, and there's all these gags with again all the monsters get you know get get little gags here and there. There's a there's a, a musical number, "Do the Mummy," uh, yeah. played by four skeletons with beetle wigs. On. Yeah. Um, uh, what this was written? The screenplay was written by uh, no less than Harvey Kurtzman, yeah, from Mad Magazine, and the designs, the monster designs, are by Jack Davis. So there's your mad. From, That's from your mad, mad, yeah. That's it's, where your mad monster party comes like, in. Like you, like you just said, why is this not on Hollow? Why is this not playing on TV every year? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I see it on TV occasionally on cable now, but it was not. On when I mean in my area it wasn't it definitely wasn't on network TV and it, right. you know why wasn't this on like CBS or ABC or NBC every year you know I mean you know at Halloween time why wasn't it on when the it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown was on or something you know yeah. I, I don't get it but yeah I mean it's so I mean it, it's in in the poster the movie poster was by Frank Frazetta <laughs> I mean. It's, it's, <laughs> Imagine getting Frank Frazetta to do your movie poster for a bunch of puppets. Like, yeah. it's amazing. It's just absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, and in other monster cred, uh, according to IMDb, and I don't know the validity validity of this, but they said that uh, that Forrest J. Ackerman of, of famous monsters of Filmland magazine was an uncredited uh, contributing writer to this as well. So, hmm. so take with that what you will. But I mean, if you've got those four guys and if you've got some serious monster cred there, because yeah. you know. Got Kurtzman and 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 Davis worked on the EC books as of course as well as Mad and and uh, Davis went on to do a lot of monster artwork. He drew, you know, he, I think he did the first cover of Creepy and mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, they they were they were in they were into things that were done during the monster craze. I mean, this was this was part of the monster craze in the '60s too that it started with the with the you know the the TV the movies the Universal movies being released to TV. Which had, uh, which had in turn influenced the the production of the Aurora model kits, which had went crazy and 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 sold millions, and and which had also you know that's why you got the Munsters and the Adams Family on TV. Right, right, right. I mean, so this was all part of that. And Famous Monsters of Filmland was the you know magazine waving the banner for for Monster Kids. So this was kind of like this was one of the kind of the culmination of that as far as maybe kids were concerned of all that kind of congealing in a, into a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, and, and you had Boris, you know, the patron saint of monsters, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as the voice of, of a puppet who looked just like Boris Karloff. Yep. You know? <laughs> yep. It was even called Boris Von Frankenstein. That's right. And this is, uh, Boris Karloff only lived a couple of years after this, and this was the last Frankenstein-related project he ever did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the the this came out 
weirdly enough, in Mar- on March 8th of 1967, which is such a weird time of year yeah. to put it out. It's like, you think maybe, I don't know, October might be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, just the December before in 66 was the debut of uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which, of course, you know, Boris was the narrator and the voice of the Grinch in that. So, I mean, he was on fire with the kitties. At this, at this time, you know. <laughs> I always like to I always like to tell myself that uh, Boris Karloff's last film is the Peter Bogdanovich film Targets. Have you ever yeah. seen Targets? I have not, but I understand it's fantastic. It's a wonderful movie, and it is a it, it's a real it's a real tough, scary movie because it's it's about a guy. It's it's sort of um, about the that schism between the old. Monster, the things that used to scare us, monsters, and the things that are now scaring us, which are basically guys with guns, you know, lone, yeah. lone guys with guns. So it's a very serious movie in a lot of cases, but it's also a love letter to Boris Karloff. I mean, Bogdanovich just loves Boris Karloff, and you can tell. And Karloff gets to be the hero at the end and get some great lines. And even though Karloff went off and did a couple of, like, real cheap Spanish horror yeah. movies after Targets – and those are his last films. I, I like to tell myself Targets is his last film. You know, I'm like, right. no, no, he went out on Targets. And it's like to think that he did a couple of these things right near the end of his career, Grinch, this. It's like, wow, he really ended strong. You know, for a guy yeah. that like, for a guy that didn't always show the most, you know, uh, most quality control on some of his movies. Yeah, he was definitely you know his last couple of things were really really powerful. And I said he's really sweet in this. He's genial. I mean, he's the king of the monsters, but he's sweet. He's nice. He's he loves Francesca. He loves his nephew. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that virtually, except for Francesca and Phyllis Diller and Boris, the rest of the movie is played by one guy, Alan Swift. I can't. I couldn't believe that when I when I was you know I, I've now watched this movie many times and and the kids me and the kids watch it and we watch it every year at least at Halloween and I, I looked that up you know to to do this episode just to say well you know I, I saw his name in the credits but I just assumed that other people did other voices no he did everybody else in this thing yeah I mean he's, he's Felix he's Yetch which is the Peter Lorre character he's Dracula Invisible Man Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde he's a chef Chef Machiavelli he's the mm-hmm. captain he's the first mate of the ship that brings the monsters over he's Mr. Cronkite he's the mailman he's the monster I mean it's like wow <laughs> and he's doing so many impersonations like his his Felix the very Jimmy Stewart Right. sounding character and then you know of course Yetch is Peter Lorre and and uh the Invisible Man sounds like Sidney Greenstreet yep. and, and and then the, I think the captain sounds like uh uh, uh Charles Lawton and I mm-hmm. mean it's, it's like it's just I mean he's doing all these very well done impersonations you cannot tell that that's the same guy I mean usually with some things like that, it's like oh that's clearly the same actor doing these these voices and thing, but not here I mean you've it, it, it bowled me over when I found that out. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's got some voice credits going up in pretty far up into, uh, you know, more modern times. But, you know, it, it wasn't anything that really jumped out at me. So I'm like, why wasn't this guy, you know, more readily employed on, you know, every cartoon going? I don't know. But He was uh, Simon Bar Sinister on Underdog, which is one of my favorites. I, oh, I love yeah. that character. I loved Underdog, and I love Simon Bar Sinister. So this guy, I, the, you know, I, he's just like I, – he's one of those people that I'd never heard of. And 
you know, once I read about him, I'm like, oh, he, I loved him. You know, like he was such a part of my childhood. I never realized it because I just love that voice he used to do for Simon Bar Sinister. I just enjoy that. <laughs> um, the one other monster that is in this movie that uh, we should mention, again, they call it It, ends up being King Kong. Yeah. Uh, they don't call him King Kong. I don't know why. I don't believe. I guess King Kong is still copyrighted. I, yeah, I, mean, I guess. You know, it only been since, what, like 30, what was it, 38 or something yeah. like that when King Kong came out. So I guess it was probably still under copyright, yeah. Yeah, uh, although they did do that King Kong versus Godzilla movie, and that's not that's not an official movie, but who knows. But anyway, it's yeah. he's it. And, I mean, it's, it's completely King Kong because it ends with King Kong on a building, and he's attacked by biplanes headed, uh, one of them flown by Dr. Frankenstein. So, yeah. I mean, he, in fact, it's, it's the King Kong character that sort of engenders the whole end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they they drop hints through the whole movie. What's like, you know, Boris is it's like it's like oh, don't invite it, you know. And yeah. I was like, he was a crashing boar. He he literally was crashing wild boars no, yeah. <laughs> last time. And they kept, you know, they just kept talking about we're not going to we're going to invite everybody, but it. No, we're not inviting it, you know. And then when Francesca gets upset, she sends an invitation to it. <laughs> Which I love. The, the the thing that jumped out at me watching it this time was, you know, the, the whole love story with, with uh, Francesca and Felix all comes about because she gets upset that, you know, she's she you know, Dracula and the and and Frankenstein's the monster's mate and, and the monster not because he's just a dumb dope are, you know, basically chasing after her because they, they want to get rid of her and get her out of the way too. And uh, she's like crying in front of Felix, and he's like, "Oh, you're you're hysterical!" And 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 he's like, "I hate to do this," and he slaps her, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, Felix," you know. And then she starts, she falls in love with him because he slaps her. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's a nice message." <laughs> there are there are a couple of gags that you would not pass muster nowadays. I mean, there's 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 a fight between uh, Phil Stiller's character, the 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 monstrous bride. And Francesca, and when they start to fight, they actually drop in cat sound effects. Yeah. Like, rawr, rawr. I'm like, you know, in hissing, I'm like, okay, well, this it, is clearly it, just before feminism kicked in here. Well, and, and we've, we've, we, I don't think we really described Francesca. I mean, she's got, I, I hate to be this way, but she's got like size double G breasts. She's, she's <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. She's Jessica Rabbit as a Rankin and Bass puppet, basically. Exactly, yeah. And, and, and she, like, Pulls the, the 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 monster's mates, the bride, for lack of a better, pulls her dress off when they're getting ready to get into their cat fight, and so then the the bride pulls Francesca's dress off, and there she is, this buxom puppet in her underwear in this movie, which I'm like, what? It's like, and then they start fighting, and it's just like, okay, these guys doing this, we're enjoying this. You can't tell me you had a bunch of. I know how comic book artists are. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he had a bunch of dirty old men sitting going, yeah. You know? <laughs> I have a feeling those puppet scenes were done late at night, you know, after after Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin went home. They were like, OK, let's do this scene, guys. It's like four in the morning. They're all drunk and they're just making the making these female puppets, you know, attack each other. It's like, OK. I'm all sure right. the outtakes from that movie, you you would never be able to no. <laughs> put oh, yeah. out on any kid rated video. <laughs> I mean, in, in typical Rankin Bass style, it's it's got a lot of corny jokes. I mean, there's. You know, this was made in 1966, 67, so it's right after the 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 the, the, um, 
the Batman craze. Yeah. And there's even a joke where Dracula goes, uh, let me show I am the original Batman. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, and it's got it's got some musical numbers in it, very, very Rankin-Bassy musical numbers. Yeah. The, the musical numbers, uh, I will say – there's a, there's a few of them. I, 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 my one complaint about this movie is a few of the musical numbers are a little, a little weak, and then it 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 seems just a little long. It's like it's maybe just a little padded out in a few places. Like it was trying to to hit that feature length, which I don't know why. I always heard like if it's seventy minutes, it's a feature. You know, I mean, it's it's longer than almost every. Universal monster movie. Yeah, I don't know why it needed to be ninety three. Yeah, you could have done eighty minutes. It would have been a movie. Yeah. Right. Right. So I mean, I think I think the Son of Frankenstein's the only one that's like an hour and a half long. The rest of them are like right at like seventy, eighty minutes or something. But um, there's a song that's right at the beginning of the movie that Phyllis Diller sings called "You're Different" that just doesn't ever seem to end. I mean, that's just <laughs> it's like I, I think she's still singing it even though she's long gone. Unfortunately, <laughs> but yeah, but. But uh, I mean, you know, but I mean, I mean, I still love it. But I mean, it's just I think this is one of those cases where I almost and I hate to say this, this probably sounds bad. And I normally wouldn't say this. I wonder if uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a a tighter cut of it, you know, where they kind of cut some of it because some of the stuff with Yetch kind of drags out, too, when he's talking to the he talks to the zombies who are the zombie birdman, you know, and all that. Mm -hmm. And then he talks to the chef and. But when you get to the party, that's when it really picks up. When everybody's there at the party, and and you get the "It's the moment," you know. So which we go around my house singing. Once we watch this, everybody's <laughs> now my dog's drinking water right now. Uh, <laughs> she she likes it. Uh, everybody in the house, you know, it just gets stuck in your head because this is one. It's the moment, you know, over and over and over and over and over again. Which you know, you'll probably have to play that song in this episode somewhere. But. Uh, it, it, you know, it never fails. But um, that the the party scene's a lot of fun because then they, they, the, the the fight with the women breaks out. The, the 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 male monsters end up getting in a fight, and there's a you know hilarity ensues, and and uh, you get a lot of you know Yetch's head. What what Yetch's head comes off? Which here's a question I have for you: What is Yetch? What do you mean? Is he a Frankenstein type monster? Is he a zombie? I guess but, he's supposed to be kind of zombieish. I guess because he has that sort of real zombieish power. So I assume that he's supposed to be a zombie. I guess I don't know. Yeah, because I kind of wondered that because he, he he the zombies look like almost like you know your your this is your pre Night of the Living Dead zombie. They're like like Haitian zombies. You know, they're mm-hmm. like old voodoo zombies. You know. And they, because they've got like a, you know, they got like the bone through their nose or earring through their nose or whatever. And they look just little skeletal, but they're not all decomposing. And mm-hmm. he actually refers to them as zombies. So I'm like, okay, are you not a zombie? Or I'm wait, I'm thinking this way. But mm. the reason I ask is my daughter, Danny, asks. It's like, Daddy, is he supposed to be a zombie? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a good question. Good, good question. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think one little neat part that I kind of I mean when I was watching it again I I guess I just haven't seen this part in a while was when when Felix comes to the island after he's been given a tour and Boris you know he sings him a song he picks up a, a guitar made out of a skull and a like a leg bone <laughs> and and sings him a song about you know you need to step up and 
and you know make your way in the world and all this and it it, it and my son pointed out it kind of sounds like the uh, one of the songs from Santa Claus is coming to town but hey you know it's the same I think it's the same writer of the I'm music sure too. yeah uh, Maury Laws or whatever and uh, but anyway these little creatures that Frankenstein created pop out and they're very strange and bizarre little things and I'm like oh it's the unmen from Swamp Thing <laughs> <laughs> It's Anton Arcane, you know. <laughs> if only Rankin Bass could have gotten the rights to that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, it, it, you know, it's funny. I mean, this thing, for for sort of as unknown as it was, at least, you know, for us for a long time, it was, you know, released with a certain amount of fanfare. There is a Dell comic book adaptation of it. Mm-hmm. From, from the time, uh, I've never read it. I've never owned it. It's hard. To, it's it's pretty hard to find. I mean, you can Google the cover on, uh, uh, you know, you can you can find it. I've been, I've been I've yet to see it on eBay, or if I have, it was so expensive I didn't pick it up. But I'd love to see what it is. I don't know if it's drawn, or if it's stills from the movie, or what. Um, but you know, there was a comic that that was came out at the time. There was a sequel. Uh, yeah. an, an animated sequel about 10 years later called The Mad Mad Monsters, which I've never seen. I know that Alan Swift goes back, comes back and does the voices, but I've, I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. I, I didn't know, the only reason I knew anything about that was because on the DVD I have, in the bonus features, there's a, like an art gallery and a still gallery, and it shows, um, it shows the video boxes from that, the VHS uh, cassette tape boxes from that sequel. Okay. Uh, that's the only reason I knew anything about it. I'm like, and it's in that, it's in that style that Rankin Bass would occasionally do a a, a, a regular cartoon like right. Frosty the Snowman and uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas with the Little Mice, and uh, it was in that kind of pseudo uh, anime style that they did uh, the artwork I saw. So I mean, some of the characters looked similar, but but some of them didn't too. Just just a little. Just a little bit my, I saw. And to answer your question about the comic book, I actually have a, a new book that came out recently from Tomorrow's called Monster Mash. And it actually shows the, the cover for the Mad Monster Party comic. And it shows an interior panel, and it is just drawn artwork. Oh, it is? Uh, okay. okay. But, it, there, but it's clearly, it shows Boris, and it, he, he looks like the puppet. So okay. they used the designs of the, of, the, uh, of the puppets in the, or the figures, or however you want to call them, that they have Mac- and a magic figures, as they call them, uh, in the comics. So yeah, so they're drawn. But yeah, I, I, you know, it'd be cool if uh, you know that'd be something nice to have in like a like a Blu-ray version as a reprint of that comic book or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it said, and over time, the cult of this movie has sort of caught up. And that if you go to eBay and you put in Mad Monster Party, you'll see that there was a, a comic. A Mad Monster Party comic put out in the '90s, like an indie comic. There are toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some classes. So I mean, there's lots of mer- and there's it's been put out on DVD. It's been put out on Blu-ray. So I mean, people, you know, in subsequent generations have caught up to it and 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 love it the way Chris and I do. And like I said, it 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 to me, it's like it is the perfect thing to introduce to like your kids or something if you want to get them into monsters, but you're afraid that you know. The hammer stuff is too scary, or the monster, yeah. or the universal stuff might be too slow. I mean, this thing is perfect because it's 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 in color. It's got, like I said, it's got all the monsters in it. I mean, there was the creature of the black lagoon never crossed over with any of the other monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Universal never got around to doing that. So it really is. And it said it's just 
like with all the Rankin and Bass stuff, it's just so friggin' charming. Yeah. Uh, and I like to think that, you know, somewhere in a storage bin somewhere, like all these puppets are still around. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know they're probably not, but I like to think that some, but they landed, you know, in Bob Burns or something like they landed in somebody's collection. Cause they're such beautiful pieces of artwork. I mean, the, I get, you know, these are based on Jack Davis drawings. Yeah. Uh, by itself, they're just they're just it's just really really a, a fun movie, and so it's it should be absolutely a, a Halloween staple. And with so many cable channels now, there's no reason why it isn't. I mean, there's no reason why Adult Swim can't run this every year. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It, it, you know, you're talking about the design of it. It's like there, there's so such nice homages to the Universal monsters, and like you know the 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 monster which they strangely call the Frankenstein monster, strangely called Fang. Uh, in the film, which I've always thought was kind of strange, but but um, well, I think that's because I think it's because Phyllis Diller in her act, her husband was always called Fang. Oh, okay, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay, she's well, always referring makes... to her her unseen husband as Fang. I, you know, that's what Fang told me. Ha ha! You know that. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I didn't. I remember the ha ha, which my daughter Danny's like, "Why does she keep laughing like that, Daddy?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's her thing. That was her bit. But, that was her bit. But uh, you know. The, the Frankenstein monster, he had he had the flat top head. He was bald on top, but he had the clamps. He looked quite a bit like the Boris puppet, which I thought was a nice touch. They both looked like Boris Karloff. Um, and, uh, you know, the Dracula, he, he – it's kind of weird because when I was watching it a few years back, I'm like, hmm, Dracula's got a monocle and a real pointy nose. And it's like, did this influence Sesame Street? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> – because, you know, I don't remember Dracula never had a monocle in anything before this that I know of. So that's maybe the count takes a little bit from uh, from this one here. You know, it would, it would make sense. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's such a nice little, such nice little touches that, that harken back to the things from the Universal Monster movies. Like the werewolf's gypsy outfit mm-hmm. kind of calls back to some of the, you know, the, 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 the curse came from the, the gypsy camp, right? And, Maleva, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maleva, and then and then, and, and Bela, her son, and then the the uh, maybe just a little bit of Oliver Reed with the sash on him, you know, and and, and things like that. So yeah, it's it's it, it it it's such a it's it's a love letter to those movies, and and I think you're right. I think this is a great way to introduce your kids to those characters. Start them out on this, and then move them up to Adam Costello and Me Frankenstein. There you, you go. Know? There you go. Perfect. I mean, uh, just just uh, one of the things I did want to mention before we close out here is in terms of the love that this people have for this movie now is there's a Pinterest page, and I'll put the link to it in the show notes, uh, that is entirely devoted to Mad Monster Party. And mm-hmm. it's all just pictures that I guess this person has found over the Internet. And someone has gone and taken all the classic Universal movie monster posters and photoshopped them and replaced the monsters with the puppets from Mad Monster Party. <laughs> so you've got like that classic Karloff mummy poster, you know, the most famous one. And it's got, you've got the, the puppet and Francesca instead of the characters. And Creature of the Black Lagoon, there's the creature and Francesca in the bathing suit. I mean, it's, it's just, it said, if you're a monster fan, there's no way you can't love Mad Monster Party. Because it's much like you just said with the um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes, it's a send up, but it takes the characters like sort of seriously. You know, it's clearly yeah. it's clearly done with love and respect for these characters. And I think that's yeah. what makes it so perfect. It doesn't it doesn't feel like these things are being crapped on. It feels like no no no, the people that made this love these characters and they're having some some fun with it and it's uh 
again, it's just a really, really sweet movie, and I always try and watch it every Halloween when I, you know, if I think of it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch Red Monster Party again. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you one thing that I wanted to ask you real quick because I know you're uh, a black and white comic magazine aficionado. Is it just me, or does the creature design look quite a bit like Marvel's later version of the creature called the Manphibian? It does. It absolutely. It absolutely. That's a good catch. I never would thought of that, but now that you say it, yeah, it does. It does have that very look to so, it. Yeah. So maybe Neil Adams was watching this too, or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, Frank Frazetta did the poster. I mean, I'm sure it was it. You know, and you've got Jack Davis. It's you know, this this thing has a lot of comic roots. So yeah, maybe so. Right, yeah. 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 So if you've never, if anybody out there, if you've never seen Mid Monster Party, and you just either love. The you know those classic puppet movies or the Rankin Bass or monsters really go find this. I said it's it's in print on Blu-ray and, and DVD, and you will you will absolutely not regret it. It is just so much fun, and it's just you know it's like it just it's just it makes you smile. You know it's yeah. just it's just so silly and so sweet, and it's just such a, it's a it's a fun thing to see the Rankin Bass style approach to a different subject matter because of course they did all Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. And then here they are doing, you know, ghouls and monsters, and it's just, it's just really, really cool. So, um, I guess before we, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to say about May Monster Party, Chris? I, I just say, you know, definitely, especially this time of year, go watch it. It gives you that old timey Halloweeny feeling, you know, when you know Halloween was, you know, was spooky even and, and and fun, but it wasn't so overly just, you know, I mean, gore and you know, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, it 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 just takes you back to. <laughs> yeah. To, to that, to just that kind of safe, scary place, you know. There's, so. <laughs> there's no Rankin Bass special featuring Leatherface and the Pinhead and yeah. Freddy Krueger, you know. <laughs> yeah, they never did that. <laughs> Although I'm surprised somebody hasn't done a spoof of that. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't watch that if they made it, but I just don't want to. I wouldn't want to see the Rankin and Bass guys do that. With so. Robert England reprising the there voice of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get to Kane, Kane Hodder and all those guys is perfect. Michael Myers, why not? Versus uh, Bruce Campbell. Not? Oh, he already looks like a puppet. It's perfect. Yeah, he's got that jaw. You yeah. and I are just full of ideas tonight, man. Jeez, we are. a lot of good stuff. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Film and Water Podcast. Uh, Chris, again, where can people? I just said again because Chris and I recorded something else earlier this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're jamming this this is one big marathon recording session Chris where can people find you on the interwebs uh, my wife and Cindy I host the Supermates podcast which you can find on iTunes or supermatescomic.blogspot.com and right now we are doing spooky Halloween stuff we're doing a House of Frankenstein series where we cover a classic horror movie and a related comic that's a superhero comic featuring the monster from that movie so uh, if you like if you're in a Halloweeny mood check us out how lucky that your last name just happens to coincide so perfectly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, what, what are the, I mean, what, yeah, I can't do anything with my name. You've you got the perfect name. Just put that one little extra syllable in there and boom, you're done. So, Well, I was called Franklin Stein a few times over the years. So I'm like, hey, why not run with it, right? I just... <laughs> I'm going to embrace it. That's perfect. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. Um, if if you want to uh, send a email to the show, it's firewaterpodcast.comcast.net. The Tumblr is fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. Please follow the show on the Twitter feed. It has its own Twitter feed now, which is Film and Water Pod. 
you know, Twitter slash Film and Water Pod. Please follow us, and we're trying to build that up a little so people can find out more about the show. It's a, it, that that Twitter feed also features my general thoughts on movies, on, on all sorts of things. But it is the official Twitter feed for the show, so I would appreciate it if you could uh, head over there and uh, follow along. And again, Chris, thank you so much for doing the show. I was so excited to. We talked about this months ago about doing Mad Monster Party, and I really mm-hmm. was excited to do it because I knew you love it the way I love it, and I was really looking forward to it. So thanks for thanks for coming back and, and doing it. Oh, anytime. We'll we'll have to do it again. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, we'll do a commentary track from Hit Monster Party. There you go. So, uh, anyway, again, thanks everybody for listening, and I hope you come back uh, for the next episode. Until then, that's a wrap. The night is still young. Enjoy yourselves. Have a frightful time, and I shall see you all tomorrow. Well, I leave you now in the capable hands of Little Tibia and the Fibia. They're playing your song, honey. Let's dance. Trans.